The web's Michael Smith. It's episode 121 of the Canes cast. And you know what? What's that? It's going to be bye, bye, bye soon. Now, is that in sync or 98 degrees? I never remember. In sync, yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know what else it is? It is the Canes cast brought to you by. Stormbrew, the official beer of the Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, it's a crisp blade lager made by our friends at R&D Brewing right here in Raleigh, North Carolina. At just 97 calories and 2.4 carbs per serving, it's the perfect brew for all occasions, especially Canes home games where a 16-ounce can is just $5. Taste the storm at your local taproom and most major retailers with new store locations added daily. It's amazing how you just know that. And even more amazing how crispy that light, refreshing brew is. It is. I've memorized it by now. You should uh, have. Cheers to cheers episode to uh, 121 of Kane's Cast. Absolutely. Uh, there's so many titles we could have gone with, but with the bye week coming up, I feel like we might have said that last year, but we're going to go with it. Yeah, again. I think we used bye, bye, bye last year, so we might have to, ah, we'll think on it. Uh, we'll, we'll workshop it early. But joining us on this episode will be Kane's All-Star representative, Jacob Slavin. Take two. Yes. We will talk about Jacob getting the opportunity to go to the All-Star game, of course, uh, the circumstances, uh, how he got in, uh, you'll hear from Jacob. It's not optimal because our thoughts are with Dougie Hamilton and uh, a, a quick recovery as he was injured in Columbus with the broken left fibula and just a awful-looking injury at the time. And, and, of course, we don't know what the diagnosis is. Everybody always wants a timeline. You don't know. Everybody heals differently, uh, especially when it comes to these things, but we are all hoping for the absolute best that Dougie will be able to get back on his skates and back on the ice before the end of this season. But the most important thing is for Dougie Hamilton to get healthy after that injury, period. Yeah, that um, it, it was just such a tough, tough thing to see. Um, you know, the Hurricanes, and I was actually thinking about it and actually talked with Bill Berniston um late last week this is bill berniston coming to you live from the canes locker room about just how uh the hurricanes led the league in least man games loss so um whenever you have a player out because of injury or even because of illness that counts as a man game lost and the hurricanes have been incredibly lucky Fortune, this year yes, um absolutely. And there is there is a bit of luck that plays into it. There's also, I think it's a credit to what Bill Berniston, what Doug Bennett, what Tristan Simmons and Brian Maddox have done as a medical staff to make sure that the Hurricanes players are in optimal shape uh, to minimize the risk of injury. But sometimes things just happen. And what happened to Dougie Hamilton in Columbus was one of those things where both players are going after the puck. One guy gets his skates under Dougie Hamilton's skates. He turns and and... Basically, it just takes uh, Dougie's leg out from under him. His left leg goes underneath him as he awkwardly falls to the ice. A gruesome-looking injury. Um, really just uh, unfortunate um, to see that happen uh, to a guy who was having such a good season. A, a on pace It was for, an all-star season. All-star season, on pace for career numbers. A huge part of this Hurricanes team this year, a guy who plays 23 minutes a night, uh, he was playing power play. He was playing penalty kill. His opportunity this year was elevated, and he was taking advantage of it and really succeeding. So to see that happen uh, was really just a, a tough break for the Hurricanes, a uh, tough break for him being a week away from his first all-star appearance. But then when you look at a guy like Jacob Slavin, 
an excellent defenseman, one of the best in the NHL. For him to get recognized by the league for his work, uh, I think is is something special. And uh, he's very well deserving of the honor in his own right, even if the circumstances are unfortunate. You know, if we open up the season every year and go, who do we think the Canes All-Stars could be? At the forward ranks right now, you go Sebastian Ajo, Tavo Teravainen, and Andrei Svechnikov. And on D, you would have said at the start of the year, Jacob Slavin. And then if Dougie Hamilton's offense, you know, clicks the way that we know that it can, it'd be those two guys. So I think he's deserving of going again. You'll hear from Jacob Slavin in his own words about being able to represent the Carolina Hurricanes and all of that. And and we look forward to sharing that with you. But there is one game left at the recording of this Canes cast. The Canes have the Winnipeg Jets on Tuesday night at PNC Arena. And Michael Smith, I hate saying anything's a must-win or a big win, but if you're the Canes, you do not want to go into the All-Star break and bye week where you're going to be gone for nine days with the taste of we didn't get two points at home. And especially the way the Metro is, there are going to be teams that are going to be playing and pass you because they're going to get games played while the Canes are on the bye. Yeah, it's... uh. Yeah, even Sunday's game against the New York Islanders for a mid-January game was about as close to a must-win as you could get because of where the Hurricanes were in their last five, in their last ten, because of where the Islanders are in the division, in that top three, even though they've slipped a bit lately. Uh, that was... Uh, that was a crucial two points for the Hurricanes to get uh, against the New York Islanders. And now, as you say, a chance to go into this break, leaving it all on the ice. Yeah, there's no games for almost two weeks, uh, about a week and a half, I guess, is more accurate. So leave nothing yep. uh, out there. Let, yeah. Leave it all Empty out the on the tank. ice. Empty the tank mentally, physically, get the two points, and then enjoy that hard work. Basically do what the Anaheim Ducks did to the Carolina Hurricanes because the yeah. Ducks game – was the Ducks' last game before they went on the bye. And they played one heck of a hockey game here in Raleigh because it was empty the tank. They knew that they had the days off to do that. Yeah. Go back to the Islanders game, though, first. That is as close to a playoff game feel as you're going to get in yeah. the regular season outside of winner gets in and the loser goes out. Right. Uh, it was two teams, not a lot of ice, they were going to take it away. You knew that. You knew the Islanders were going to tighten up, especially after what happened to them yeah. the night before against the Washington Capitals. But a couple of things stand out. First off, James Reimer's play has been more than more than off the charts good. It's been needed. It's been crucial. He's given the Canes an opportunity to win his last three starts, which is really all you ask for out of your goalie. But he's only giving up. One goal, you know, one goal, yeah. no goals. You can't ask really for anything more out of a goalie than that. He's been dynamite. Uh, you mentioned his last three starts. He stopped 102 of the 105 shots he f he's faced. That's a 971 save percentage. That's pretty good. Yeah. Um, and then if you look even wider at his last 13 starts, he's 9-2-1. and one. He's got a 2.14 goals against average, a .931 save percentage, and three shutouts. And the majority of those games have come on the road. Yeah, he's... Uh, yeah, you know, we talked before the season about wondering if the goaltending could match the level it did last season, if the Hurricanes could have that true one-two punch, if, you know, James Reimer could get back to that form that, uh, you know, we all knew he kind of could be. Yep. He didn't have it in, in Florida for whatever reason, but the potential was there. Uh, and he certainly, I think, regained his confidence in that. Uh, he's playing like... He's honestly playing like a number one goaltender. Um, and 
I wouldn't be see, uh, be surprised to see the Hurricanes go back to them on Tuesday against Winnipeg yep. because at this point, why wouldn't you? No, I think you you do what was going on last year with the Carolina Hurricanes, where if there was a hot hand for a stretch of time, be it Peter Morazic or Curtis McElhaney, you give them that opportunity. But that doesn't mean that Peter Morazic after the break is going to be the the number two goalie. Right. I think that it's going to go with a, a rotation. They'll play the right guy in the right spots, giving the team the best opportunity to win. And I think that this has, we weren't sure about it, but as this season has moved along, it's the exact same thing as last season as far as the goaltenders go. You're going to need both guys. Oh, absolutely. You, you're not going to be able to ride one guy, whether it's James Reimer or Peter Mrazek. You're going to need both of them down the stretch. And then the hope is that one of them gets hot at the right time yep. in late March, early April, that yep. you can then just ride right into the playoffs. Uh, and I think that we've seen the body of work for Peter Mrazek in the playoffs. I I'm fine with him going into it. But if James Reimer proves that he's the guy who deserves the nod, yeah. if this team's in the playoffs... I'm comfortable with both of these guys right now. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's where you need to be. And there was somebody else who made his return to the ice, and that would be Justin Williams, and he was brilliant. Thank you. Oh, you're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, he was uh, – I, I mean, it's kind of remarkable that, um, that he steps on the ice after missing three and a half months yep. of games and fits in that well. I mean, he – from that first shift that he took – two and a half minutes into the game, 33-second shift. He, I thought he he looked good. He created offense. He had three shots on goal, I think it was. Had another one that was uh, that was blocked or missed the net. Or two of them, actually. had five shot attempts. Uh, he blocked a shot. Um, he played 13 minutes. Like, pretty impressive to see him do that, uh, you know, after missing so much time. But that's a credit to how hard he worked behind the scenes. Oh, yeah to get back to, to where he knew he could be. And also, I think it's a credit to how smart a player he is. Because mm -hmm. he said he was going to rely on his instincts, and his instincts are probably better than 80% of the league at this moment. And, and that's not a disrespect to the rest of the league. That is the credit to Justin Williams. But you watched him play, and he kept saying, you know, well, I'll find a hole, and I'll, I'll jump into it. He knows the system. He knows the players. He knew what was expected of him. He knew where to be. So this wasn't like he was jumping into a situation where it was a new system or, or new teammates, even though there are a couple of new guys on the ice. But right. the guys who he played with, his line mates, Lucas Walmark and Brock McGinn, you know what you get out of Brock McGinn? Lucas Walmark is one of the smartest players on the ice. The yeah. way he, he plays the game and sees the ice. That was, I think, a, a great place to put him mm -hmm. and have him – Get back into the the lineup. Rod Brindamore told us today, you know, he only played 13 minutes, so we'll see. But going into the third period, I asked him about Justin Williams. I go, what do you think of, of Justin's performance so far? He goes, he's been good. He's been really good. He goes, I might have to get him more minutes here in the third period. And he did because I think yeah. he only had about seven or eight. He had seven and a half. Going into the third, yep. and he finished with 13. And then, you know, it took seven other shooters to <laughs> tap before you get to him. Round but eight. <laughs> in the shootout, I'm just – I just have to say this, Michael, because sports. Yeah. There, you can't write it. You can't say this is going to happen. The only way that it would have been different is if he would have scored with like three seconds left in, in regulation. Right, and not given the Islanders any point at all and um, or even in overtime. Yeah. But we knew we weren't seeing him in overtime because he's just not that fast. So you see him in the shootout, and he goes in. He goes, well, you know, I'm just going in thinking five-hole. That's what he did, and he, and he makes it happen. And James Reimer's got to make the save on the other end. But you could go to Hollywood and say, I've got this great idea. 
and it's about a hockey player, and it's this, and it's this, and it's this, and he comes back, and his first game, he's not really known for the shootout, but his first game back, he wins it in the shootout. And they'd be like, nobody would see that because it doesn't happen. Well, it did. Yeah, kid, go back and finish the screenplay and come back and see what what you got. Can we have an actual penguin on the ice with him? <laughs> no, it's the Hurricanes. They're playing the island. Is this fiction or nonfiction? Oh, it sounds like a bunch of malarkey to me, son. Why do we make it the 1930s? I don't know. <laughs> I just jumped right in it with you. Yeah. I was feeling it. I think that's uh, that's Hollywood. They're still stuck in like the, the in the 30s. Look here. You want to make a talking picture like that, kid? You got to give me more pizzazz. <laughs> Razzle dazzle. Oh, well, they have that. <laughs> yeah. Peter Mraz, so. Yeah, but I mean, uh, as the shootout kind of went on and you go through your usual suspects, um, your usual shooters, your goal scorers, you start to wonder, okay, you know, Justin Williams, not a big shootout guy. Nope. But, but he's going to have to oh, go. Oh, why not? Like, yeah. Why not? You, you'd gone four rounds, either team, without beating the goaltender. Thomas Grice was good. James Reimer was good. Uh, you had a couple pucks rolling off sticks. It was The ice was kind of choppy. So then Justin Williams just keeps it simple, cruises right down the middle of the ice, gets in between the circles, and snaps a shot five hole. And, um, I mean, just brought the house down. Oh, like that, the sellout crowd, the eight sellout the Hurricanes have had this season, by the way, uh, just loved it. I mean, as soon as he hit the ice, you were like, okay, I kind of feel like I know what's coming up next. And sure enough, he buries it. And then, of course, James Reimer, as he said, had to come up with the save. I mean, just a just a perfect way to welcome Justin Williams back to the lineup. You all right <laughs> over there? Storm Bruce, almost talking there. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. Very crispy, though. I'm, I'm enjoying a crisp can of water. Okay, we're not. Crispy. Well, thanks for our, to our friends at R&D Brewing for crispy. sponsoring this podcast oh, with Storm Brew. There is, there is water in this. Oh, yeah. yeah. That's light and refreshing. Ops and malt, and it's only, what, taking a look right here on the can, 97, 97 calories. 2.4 carbs per serving. Whew. That, crushable. We're going to go run the stairs after this. Yeah, well, we might. I know. I did earlier this morning. So you mentioned a rotation of goaltenders, but with the return of Justin Williams also comes a rotation of forwards. Yes. Because the Hurricanes have not, you know, we go back to the fact that they have not had many injuries this season. In fact, the only new injury that the Hurricanes have had to deal with this season was Martin HS's uh, lower body injury. He missed four games. Every other injury, so Trevor Van Riemsdyk's shoulder, uh, Jordan Martinook with the uh, core is the muscle core body injury, injury yes. uh, and Eric Hall's knee, all of, that, all of those injuries were related to previous uh, injuries from a season ago. So Martin Natchez's was the only new injury. And the, so the Hurricanes have been, again, incredibly fortunate in that department. And uh, so now they have a healthy body up front. And no one deserves to come out of the lineup. No one, especially Jordan Martinuk, does not deserve to come out of the lineup. Agreed. But Rod Brindamore and his coaching staff had to make a tough decision. But somebody had to come out. And Rod Brindamore told us today after practice, because you know you try to put things in a light of, well, if you get the extra forward, how does that help you out as far as, you know, matchups now? If there's one team where you think this guy will give you an edge or, you know, maybe you guys not particularly feeling it, that you can, you know, juggle your lineup. And he goes, it's not really an advantage because somebody has to come out. And then his line was, Jordan Martin came out because, because. Yeah, the end. It's, it's, it's one of those things. But you're, 
you're gaining into the lineup a player who is capable of doing the things that Justin Williams yeah. can do. That's the thing. And I think it is going to be a rotation. That's yeah. what Rod Brindamore told us. I don't think that it's going to be one guy who permanently is out. No. Uh, we could see Jordan Martinook back in the lineup against the Winnipeg Jets because he's a physical player. The Jets are a physical team. You could use that. Who comes out? Don't know. Rod Brindamore even said that. He goes, I, we're probably not going to know who comes out of the lineup if we go with a rotation until you know after the, the morning skate and then sometimes maybe right up to game time. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a moving target. It's going to be a fluid situation day to day. Sometimes it might be pay, based on play, but in a, a case like last night, I don't think it's based on play. It's just no. based on best fit. Yeah. And that's where he felt like Justin Williams' best fit. And you know what? It, it, it seemed to work pretty well. It did. There, there's one other thing I want to just kind of broach with when you're you're taking players in and out of the lineup. You know, maybe play is going to merit, but maybe fit's going to merit. But in this situation you have to just take a look at everything for the team. It's not really based on, well, this guy, he deserves to sit. This guy doesn't. Although there's also another question that will be asked, and it's been asked a lot. I don't know if, if you've gotten it on Twitter or emails, but I've gotten it a bunch, about people talking about the extra player taking the skate and warm-up, and they're like, oh, I've never seen that. It happens quite frequently. Yeah, pretty that, regularly, for the Hurricanes at least. I don't know about other yeah. teams. Everybody who is on the roster can participate in the – pregame skate yep everybody that means they all get dressed put on their equipment because sometimes you've got a guy who is injured and he's going to see if he can go sometimes right. you've got a guy who might be under the weather and he's not sure how he feels till he gets out on the ice yeah like, or in right. this situation you have an extra forward the canes pretty much always had all seven defensemen taking the warm-up right as far as this season was concerned especially if there wasn't a morning skate it was almost a way for them to to get in a skate get yes. in a workout um uh, you saw it a couple of weeks ago with with tom wilson when he yep. came out um for just a couple of minutes in warm-ups and then went off the ice yeah and, you know uh, ultimately was not able to play so it happens frequently there's no rule against it you can have your entire roster take the the pregame skate and not the morning skate but the pregame skate yeah the warm-ups um and a few years ago riley nash uh got a concussion during warm-up so uh, you you really never know it almost happened to matt martin for the islanders last night he got hit in the head during the uh during warm-ups yeah. but he had his helmet on and but he wasn't on the bench at the start of the game right so it's you really never know the uh starting lineup until those lineup cards are turned in yeah. because things can happen in the in warm-ups as as innocent as as it might look oh yeah it's still a dangerous game out there there's live live shooting going on with the pucks coming through you know somebody might uh you know get his his skate caught on the ice somewhere or yeah, something could weird bump could happen. Into one another like it it's uh yeah, yeah. so just uh, just so you know but it, it's going to be interesting to see how the canes coaching staff handles this rotation moving forward and, and again is Justin Williams going to play the second half of back-to-back -back games? Will he play the front half of back-to-back -back games? Don't know. Yeah, we, we're we're, we're going to find it out when you find out. But for right now, the Canes have Justin Williams back in the lineup, and it led to two big points against the New York Islanders. Yeah, they are a better team with Justin Williams in the locker room and Justin Williams in the lineup. It's just he makes this team better because of what he can bring, uh, both in terms of his skill. And yeah. you saw him, I think, drive a little offense last oh, night. Yeah. Uh, and in terms of just just what he brings to the room, and how did the you saw the reaction? How did the team react when he went over the boards to take the penalty shot? Oh, they all jumped up, and then when he scored too. I mean, yeah. it, it's it. They were all very happy for him. Yes. Um, 
I think, happy that the shootout might be coming to a close, too, because that one was a long one. Yeah, that was, uh, as far as my covering the team, I, eight rounds, I think, is the longest I have, at least since the TV side. Yeah, some, Eight rounds is the longest I think that I've been a part of. Someone asked me last night if that was the longest the Hurricanes have been involved in, and I don't have the answer right off the top yeah. of my head, but I think from since I've been here uh, since 2011, I'm pretty sure that's the longest I've seen. Right. How big was that victory last night? Let me explain the setup for you. It was so, very big. Oh, very. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so, high five. Very nice. When a game is tied and it's in overtime, I've got to move. I, I'm usually in the corner for Fox Sports. Yes. But I've got to get to the bench. Nobody to puts you in a star. corner, but... Fox Sports does. Occasionally. Jim Malia does. Yeah. <laughs> and and Chopper. Come on, Jimmy. Paul Hemming and, and Jim Malia. They haven't they, yeah. they they moved me around. I was moving around last night. You were roaming, yeah. I you were everywhere. up in the stands at one point. Up in the stands, into the corners. At the desk. Doing all the work, you know. Doing the dirty work. On I, the bench. Create some room. So to get to the bench for the first star interview, when it's a tie, I'm in the tunnel where the team comes in and out from the locker room. And after every game and I'm in there for the for the wins. When they don't win, I get out of there as fast as I can. Like I, I bolt before anybody sees me. But Rod Brandamore and the coaching staff, Jeff Daniels, Dean Chenoweth, they all walk past me. And Roddy, like they'll give me a nod, things like that. How amped up was the team for that win? Rod Brandamore's fist bumping everybody and fist bumped me. <laughs> and Jeff Daniels fist bumped me. And I'm walking past Dean Chenoweth and he puts up. All three coaches gave me a fist bump for that win. Yeah. So uh, that is a rarity, but that's got to tell you how big that win was the moment, the oh, emotions man. of all of it into it. And then the post game interview. You know, yeah. So I. He, he, he handled it like a champ. And by the way, James Reimer was unbelievable on the bench. Unbelievable. That's what I thought you were going to say. I was going with Justin Williams. Yeah. Well, he was obviously very good, but, (laughs) but I mean, that's a, that's a given at this point. Give him a thank you. Thank you. Thank you. That's a given that he's going to be good, but I, I usually miss the, um, the bench interview interview because I'm on the elevator and we can't hear anything on there. And if I get down to, uh, wait outside the locker room, sometimes it's two ladies already gone, but I heard that James Reimer interview was, uh, was very good. He was outstanding. Yeah. He's, he's a, uh, he's a funny guy. He is. He's got a really nice sense of humor. Good personality and good goaltender right now for your Carolina hurricanes. It is your Canes cast brought to you by storm brew, the official beer of the Carolina hurricanes. Remember, you can get it at all home games for just $5 for a 16-ounce can. That is economical, people. That's what we're here for. It's Plus, very economical. You can get it at Harris Teeter. You can get it at Food Lion, Lowe's Food, Whole Foods, Fresh Market, Costco. I know that you've seen it at Costco. I have the big boy packs. Walmart, Wegmans. I saw it at Wegmans the other day. I was in there. And Handy Hugo. And don't forget at the Carolina Alehouse Watch Parties. It's perfect for you to try Storm Brew if you haven't already. Storm Brew, it is one of the beers that Michael Smith and I say is crispy and crushable. Anything else you want to add? Jordan Martinook says it's crispy as well. That's where we got it from. I know. That's crispy is from Jordan Martinook. That's it. And uh, the next Hurricanes watch party, I believe, is coming up in early February because, of course, the Hurricanes don't play another road game until early February when they go on uh, that road trip that'll take them to uh, St. Louis, Arizona, Vegas, and Dallas. St. Louis. 
Uh, crisp light lager, by the way, 97 calories. Yes. And we already covered all of that. And as far as the carbs go, if you're counting them, 2.4 carbs. And speaking of St. Louis, that is where the All-Star Game will be held. And Jacob Slavin has gotten the nod. He's taking the place of Dougie Hamilton for the Carolina Hurricanes. But it should be a big weekend. And it is a deserving trip for number 74. We caught up with him earlier today. We got All-Star defenseman Jacob Slavin joining us on Canescast uh Jacob, first of all, congratulations on uh, your all-star selection, the first of your career. Yeah, thank you. Uh, thanks for having me. And, uh, yeah, it comes under uh, some sad circumstances in my in my mind. Obviously, losing Dougie, and uh, uh, he deserves to be there um, for sure. And, obviously, it's a big loss for our team. So, so that's, uh, I guess, kind of the strange part of this because it does come under that, that caveat. But you still – incredibly deserve the recognition as I think and yeah Manus absolutely Scott, I know uh speak for both of us as one of the best defensemen in the NHL so does it feel good to even though it is under these circumstances to be recognized for your body of work yeah I mean uh defense I, I don't think it's recognized the the same as uh, offense does and so um I think I might be the most defensive one <laughs> there next weekend so um, but no, it'll, it'll be fun. I'm excited. What are you most looking forward to? Is it the actual game? Is it the competition or just maybe getting to, to hang out in the locker room with uh, the guys you generally compete against? Yeah, I think it'll be, I think the whole weekend in and, in and of itself uh, will, will be a good time. I mean, I've heard awesome things um, about the weekend from other people that have gone. Um, and so it'll, it'll be exciting just to, just to just be there. And like you said, be with those guys that you uh, typically play against. Like you said, though, you're the most defensive guy, probably the most defensive guy there, but could you just all of a sudden, no, oh, I'm turning the switch. It's go time. I'm, I'm getting the puck. Yeah. We'll see if I have that in my repertoire. Um, <laughs> I don't, I don't know if it is. We'll, we'll see. Well, you scored that big three on three goal against Tampa Bay here earlier this season. So you've got that in you. Yeah, Jordan gave me a great pass. All I had to do was hit the net. Yeah, so I, <laughs> you're going to get some good passes. This yeah, weekend. exactly, exactly. <laughs> we'll see if I can uh, repeat that shot or not. When you you look back on your career and, and what you've gone through, and you know, there's the the Iron Man streak. Did you did you think it was going to be this? Were you like, is, is second I get in the NHL? This is how my career is going to go, or has it been different than what you imagined? Uh no, it's pro- it's probably been different than what I imagined. Obviously, uh, coming up. Uh, through college and stuff, they they had, they had always said like, "Oh, it might take you a couple of years to break into the NHL." And so, um, no, it's definitely definitely a different path than uh, what I was expecting. But um, no, God's got it all under control, and just uh, just do what I can on the ice and leave the rest up to Him. One more thing about uh, going to St. Louis, I believe your better half is from the area or near yeah, the yeah, area. Near the, near the area, she's on the other side of uh, the Mississippi on the Illinois side, so um, about 45 minutes away. And so, uh, yeah, they, they grew up going, like if they were to go downtown, they would go to St. Louis. And so um, it'll be nice to have her family there and uh, see them and hang out with them a little bit. But how much family means to you? How, how special is this weekend going to be? Because I've got to imagine – there's gonna be a bunch of Slavens running around St. Uh, Louis. Yeah, they'll be they'll be obviously me, uh, my wife, my baby, and then uh, my parents are gonna make the trip in. Um, two of my other little brothers both have hockey games next weekend, so they won't be able to come in. And then uh, my sister, her husband will will be coming in, and my older brother he uh, he's got to do his duty uh, on the force, and so he he won't be able to get off. But uh, no, so it, it'll be a good good family time. Get both families together. Uh, that's probably the first time that that'll happen since the wedding. So. Uh, it would be nice to have uh, everyone there. Speaking of family time, how is dad life? 
How is being a dad? Oh, dad's you? being awesome. It, it has been uh, so much fun. Um, she's got the biggest personality ever. She sleeps well, which is nice. And nice for my wife. She's she's loving that. And so, no, but she's she's a jabber do- jabber box. She talks all the time. She's uh, on the verge of crawling, and then we're gonna have our hands full. But no, it's it's been uh, it's been so much fun though. Yeah, you think tracking Connor McDavid is hard? <laughs> I know. Tracking so, that around the house. Oh, once she gets moving around, I don't know what the dogs are gonna think once she can actually move and try to get them. So it'll it'll be interesting to see how that goes. Jacob, you've always had things in perspective, but you know you're human. I'm sure there's been a bad day. But like you say, dad life's been great. When you come home through the door and you see the smile or she's she's oh, talking yeah. at you, does that, all that stuff goes yeah, away. Yeah, everything kind of just goes away. Um, obviously, hockey's awesome, but there's more to life than hockey. And uh, and uh, just being able to to love a daughter like that, it's, uh, I mean, it's awesome. The, the smile she gives you when you first walk in there in the morning after she's been sleeping all night. <laughs> and um, No, it's, it's awesome. And obviously... Makes me appreciate my wife even that much more with how how well she uh, Kylie does with the baby. So it's been it's been great. Does she enjoy coming to see hockey games too? Uh, actually, that's that's a sore subject right now because <laughs> oh, no. when Emerson comes to the games for warm up, she's on the glass, and yeah. I I try to be all nice and stuff to her. I give her a big smile. And last time I was like, all right, she, I don't think she recognizes me with the helmet on, so let's pop open the little camera hole, and maybe I'll be like, hey, what's up, Emmy? I did that bursted into tears oh, no. like oh, no. full-blown crying terrified oh, no. and then so it's it's a sore subject between the two of us right now okay. hopefully that gets better over time i'm <laughs> sure that will be remedied over time yes. but uh one game before the the all-star break and the bye week uh without putting too much on on how much this game is but with the way the season's going now I, i've never recalled any league jacob is any league you've ever played and been so tight top to bottom trying to get into a playoffs you know position or trying to get into some kind of tournament i've never seen it this close especially the way the metro seems to shake out now yeah it always seems like the metro i feel like is always kind of like right there throughout the season but never to where it's been like one yeah. two points from the wild card teams to six seven eight yeah. whatever it is like it's it's been really crazy just to kind of watch the standings but not like you said this game before the all-star break is going to be huge and after that, we have 30 games left, and the grind's on. Obviously, the grind's been on because on just with how tight it is, but the grind's really going to be on with those last 30 games to go. What's it been like having Justin Williams back in the locker room and then seeing, of course, you know what he did in the shootout uh, in his first game back? Uh, just what's it been like having him back around? It's awesome. I mean, obviously, you, got, you guys know the character that Willie has, and um, the way he approaches the game is uh, – is always just refreshing to see and uh he's just he's a he's a great guy but even a better professional and um the attitude he takes towards the game and even being away from it for for half a year to be able to come back in and um still have that attitude is is awesome and then obviously with the shootout i mean it's just you can't you couldn't write a better story for his return yeah, I mean, that's something if we tried to sell that to Hollywood, they wouldn't buy it. But, I mean, did you let him know that you hit the post on purpose so he could be the hero? Ah, yes, exactly. That's exactly why I hit the post. I knew they were, they were going to miss, and then Willie yep. would hop out, and Willie would score. And so yeah. we were all good after that. See, there it is. Kane's cast breaking news, right? Yeah, here. It was all planned. Uh, uh, on the other side, and now I should say your other side, uh, Joel Edmondson is now playing uh, opposite you or you know, to the other side of you. You know he's playing his offside. Mm-hmm. Do you... Does that matter to you? Like, are you conscious of my defensive partners playing his offside? This means I might have to do this. Does anything? Uh, for the most part, it's not. I mean, it doesn't change too much of what you do. Um, just just where you pass the puck, I guess, with obviously a stick being up by or 
not up ice. You just have to be aware of that. Um, but no, he's doing a great job playing the offside so far. And I think, um, obviously he's just, he's a steady defenseman. So it's easy to, easy to play off him and, uh, read off of him. And so it's been, it's been good so far. And it's going to be more heavy lifting down the stretch, I would imagine, for you and, and Edmondson and, and Brett Pesci. Really, all of you, is that really how you have to tackle not having Dougie Hamilton in the lineup, having it be a, a group effort? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously, uh, you, you miss a lot with Dougie, whether it's in power play. I mean, he's been killing penalties this year and been doing great at that. And so um, all over the ice, uh, you gotta you got to be able to pick up some slack. And so as a group of six back there, we're going we're gonna to try to do that, whether that's a couple more minutes every guy or whatever it is, everyone's going to have to pull their weight um, with Dougie being out. How good is Dean Chanel when it comes to, you know, managing the personalities and, and knowing the fit? Because there's different, you know, different combinations. Certainly mm -hmm. we know that you and Brett Pesci have a good chemistry. How much is it to, to lean on a coach who knows, okay, I think this is going to work, and you, you trust that and go out there and make it happen? Yeah, he's been he's been great with that, obviously. We, he's, he's got a decor to where you can put just about anyone with anyone, and so um, – uh, hopefully we make it somewhat easy on him, but uh, no, he's he's been great. Obviously, uh, he's got a great uh, great mind for the game, and so it's been it's been awesome just to just to work with him. And uh, he kind of just lets us do our thing, and he trusts us out there. And so, um, yeah, no, he's been doing a really good job with that. I want to bring it back to All Star real quick just before we let you go. Uh, skills competition, which uh, I don't know if you've looked at the events, but uh, which event might you be best at? Accuracy shooting? Hardest uh, shot? If <laughs> Hardest shot? No, absolutely <laughs> not. I think we've all seen my shot enough to realize no. Um, no, actually, the new one, whatever they have, is yeah. what's that one? Do you know what that one's uh, called? Oh, yeah, where you're yeah, elevated yeah, 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 above the, the elevated ice. Elevated shot. It's I like think, top golf almost. Yeah, almost like top golf. So I think I'd like to do that one because if I mess up, no one's expecting me to be great at it. So. <laughs> That's true. It's a new event. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Just don't be the first guy out for it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or be the first guy out and win and oh that's go. it we're set, the, set standard. the bar exactly no i like that so we'll, we'll see I don't, I don't know what i'm doing yet i think the <laughs> league picks that so we'll we'll see what happens and uh we always appreciate the time that you have for us jacob congratulations uh as you said uh it's a little bit different circumstances but certainly well-deserved honor and uh, we're all happy for you and can't wait to see you where that the, the jersey looks amazing yeah yeah it'll be it'll be awesome thanks for having me guys thank you thank you to uh jacob slavin can't ignore brock's thank you Oh yeah, no. Just so we're clear on that. So. That's my thank. Oh, I thank you. There we go. I did. did my microphone wobbling. It What's was. Happening? Everything's happening right now. It's happening. It's happening. So thanks uh, to Jacob Slavin. Uh, should be a fun time for him and his family uh, to really enjoy all the sights and sounds yeah. of NHL All Star Weekend. Um, we'll have full coverage for you on the internets and you on will. the social medias. You will have complete coverage. Michael Smith will have it. Wall to wall. Locked down from the toasted ravioli all the way to the all-star game at St. Louis. He'll be in the arch. He'll be on the river boats. He'll be as, well, should I say what Roy Williams does the way the Carolina season's going this year? I don't know about I'm that. I'm spitting in the Mississippi. <laughs> I don't know if I'll be doing any of those things. Oh, you can try. <laughs> uh, you know You're going to have toasted ravioli. Uh... I'm going to have a calzone. Oh, yeah, I know you oh, are. Yeah. Let's stop food talk <laughs> until we get to the end of this podcast. Yeah, sorry. Because the end of this podcast is going to make Bill Berniston truly mad at us. He's probably going to rip his radio out of his car, or if he's listening, he might throw a JBL speaker through a window or something. I Big JBL guy, I that think Bill, Bill Berniston. First off, I think you're right. Second all, 
This is Bill Bernstein coming to you live from the Canes locker room. We are banned from his office now, from our second studio. We our are? Home away from Studio home. B? Studio B for he's, Billy B. He's locked us out? He's, he's, I don't blame him. Has he officially? We've I think been, he's officially, we've been, <laughs> we've been booted. So. so that was the last interview in Studio B. With Jacob Slavin, you All heard right, it so here. now we need uh, Studio C. <laughs> There's only some way we could pay off Billy to get into his office. If only we knew. If only. If only. We'll work on that. We'll work on that very much. We're going to workshop it, see what we can do. But let's keep it hockey for Bill Berniston and the Canes fans who are out here uh, with the Hurricanes. Canes cast. If you like it, you can take it. If you don't, send it right back. Not where I was going, but I'm glad we're here. Yeah, I wasn't. Uh, where were you going? Oh, I was going to go with we had uh, listener questions. Oh, we'll get to those. Okay. But first. And I was also going to say. Hi. So let's get to it, my friend. You got bailed out on the internet big time today because I know you don't have one, but I got one. You are exactly right. Justin Williams finishes with 10 goals. Take it. The last night's shootout goal obviously doesn't count, but I'll take it. Yeah. Uh, the shootout goals don't count. He's going to play. I, he'll end up playing, what, 40, 40 Well, see, games? that's the thing. That's Or 30 games? That's We don't know how many games he's going to play because I will anticipate the rotation with Justin Williams means that he will not be in the lineup on some nights, just probably early on while he's trying to get his legs and they'll, they'll spot him a starter, uh, you know, they'll spot him a start or two. And then yeah, here's the day off. I got spot and start. Mixed <laughs> yeah, up that happens. Not, I'm trying, I'm trying for transparency with you. Yeah. You know, I still, if especially too, if he gets some power play time now, he didn't have any power play time in his first game back, but uh, he did do some power play work in practice uh, just before coming back. So it was Saturday at Raleigh Center Ace, uh, he spent some time with the second unit, and uh, depending on who's in the lineup um, and who's out of the lineup, I could see him potentially getting some power play time. And if he gets that, I could see that goal total uh, creep up to ten. But it'll be interesting to see how many games he plays and. Uh, how many goals he can tr- can contribute. But, I mean, just looking at last night, he had a couple pretty good scoring opportunities and was able to beat Grice in the shootout. Yep. So, uh, you know, I wouldn't put it past him to get to 10. 33 games left. Canes have 49 games played. So he could potentially play 34. Yes. Uh, if he plays every game, he will, right. he will have played 34. Let's say he sits out a handful. So he'll play a 30. Let's just say he'll play an even 30. Well, I'll say 28 even. I think 28, okay. he'll still have the ability goals. to score 10 goals. Okay. That's one every 2.1 games, yeah. give or take. You know, yeah. Go by periods, break that down. Look, folks, I used a decimal point. <laughs> I think it works. Then, you don't though. play 2.1 games unless we're including overtime. And then you're well, now into that. But 2.1 games would be like... Uh, like two games plus a little bit of a third game, like exactly. a tenth of a yeah. third game. Look, I'm not saying he's going to score 10.4 goals. That is a <laughs> unreasonable number, but you can use He will either math. have 10 or 11. Yes, 10, 11, or 9. That's yeah. what he would have. Yeah. All right, we're with 10. All right, the internet bailed you out, so get to it, my friend. Well, I, you know, I've, we've got a few. Here's one from a few days ago uh, from Cody Gonya. Oh, Gonya. Gonya. Gonye. Gonye. Gonyes. Gonyes. If you like to take it, I might need that last name if I don't return from Louisiana. The Canes don't make the playoffs without Dougie. I'll send it back. Yeah, I'll send it back too. Now, 
does it make it more difficult? Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I think you would be, uh, I mean, it'd be silly to say otherwise, but the Hurricanes have a very capable defensive core. And you heard a little bit from Jacob Slavin there uh, just talking about, you know, what it's going to take to replace Dougie Hamilton. It's not going to be, you can't truly replace what he brings to the lineup, but he is one of the more unique defensemen in the National Hockey League, speaking of Dougie Hamilton, because of his ability to read the play, his shot, his offensive playmaking ability, and then what we were watching him round into defensively. But I can also say the same thing about Jacob Slavin. Like, the Canes have guys who have an incredible skill set, Michael Smith. Absolutely. Darling of the web. Here's one from Mike Mathis. Um, Chances are. If you like it, take it to Mathis. I'm sorry. The Canes finished third in the Metro. Caps and Penguins are one and two. And the Blue Jackets and Flyers eventually overtake the Islanders for fourth and fifth. I I like the first part of that. There's a lot going on there. I like the first part of that. Can I keep part of it and continue my decimal point run here and send back the other part? I think it's a I think it's a whole Damn it. Yeah. Sorry for the Sorry for that. Go ahead. I th- I'm going to uh, send it back as a whole. Yeah, as a whole, because I think the Islanders make it over the Flyers or the Blue Jackets. Yeah. I that's would. that's the only thing that I'm... Right. I trust a Barry Trotz-coached team more than I trust the Philadelphia Flyers and Columbus Blue Jackets, and that is absolutely nothing against Alain Vigneault or John Tortorella. If anything... I really think that John Tortorella is doing one of his best coaching jobs ever with this Blue Jacket team. Yeah. You know, this this group of no names that he gets to play hard, but it's like the perfect team for him to coach. Elvis. Merzlikens, who is definitely in the building right now for yeah. your Blue Jackets. But the Islanders just, they play great defense. They have enough offense to get through that I think that they will stay in. I mean, you said it about... Sunday night's game that game felt like a playoff game and I don't know if you it felt like to me there was a tension in the building not that that was a bad thing definitely not in a bad way but just a tension of like when it was 1-1 and it was 1-1 for a while uh they scored there in the second period so it it felt you know like that next goal was going to be a big one and of course it didn't come until the shootout but that that game had a playoff like feel to it uh which was from from my perspective a lot of fun a lot of fun to watch uh and it sounded like it was a lot of fun to play in too from the the guys we talked to after the game yeah i i think that's why these guys play the game the way that they do another uh potential scenario there is toronto or florida because right now they're sort of trading third in the atlantic but they're right around that point total of that wild card spot so not only do you have uh philadelphia and columbus in the mix but you also have that that team from the atlantic uh either florida or toronto um i i still think all five playoff spots top three in metro and both wild cards i think those are going to go to metropolitan division teams but um that fourth atlantic division team is going to make things interesting all right travis barkley with a if you like it you can take it we got a lot of these today Reimer gets 15-plus starts the rest of the regular season. Looking forward to your Rise of Skywalker review as well. Well, thank you, Travis. We're looking forward to this as well. Yeah, it's coming up. So, we've already determined there are 33 games left, including the Winnipeg game, which, if you're listening to this this afternoon, 
That means it hasn't been played yet. If you're listening to it on Tuesday afternoon, it hasn't been played yet. If you're listening to this on Wednesday, there, there are only 32 games left. And we are guessing James Reimer will play against the Winnipeg Jets on Tuesday night. So 15 so that's starts. 50, that's 14 so to go. 18, 18, 15 between Peter Morazic and James Reimer. Yeah, I, I could see that. Yeah, I could see it. Because I'll, I'll, I'll take it. Um, it's not It's not set in stone. It could be more. But I think I'll take it right now because I can see Peter getting the majority of the starts of the 33 that are left. 18-15 would seem like a good split for them. I mean, I'd have to look back truly at last year, but I kind of remember it being a, a sort of almost an alternating system between Mrazic and McElhaney down the stretch of last season. So, yeah, yeah I, I could see 15-plus for Reimer. All right. So... Not, uh, is there anything else out there that you see for the like and take? I don't think so. I think just uh, questions from here on out. Okay. So let's dive right into them. All right. I've got one from our good friend, Matthew Herman, paging Mr. Herman. Since Mike Maniscalco called the Dezingle signing, is there anyone you like for a defensive ad midseason? If you can't name a name, then what would you look for in that player? Probably not going to find a Hamilton, but might find a Tim Gleason-style player maybe. You can't, yeah, you know, we can't really name players. I just think the asking cost for guys who are highly skilled offensive players on the blue line is incredible. 95% of the time they're a rental that's coming through at the the last minute at the trade deadline, and you're going to give up an awful lot to get them. And then where does he slot in? You know, what kind of shot is he? Can he play his offside if you've got to pair him with Jacob Slavin or, or pair him with Brett Pesci? If we're talking about this, I'm not 100% not 100% sold that the Canes are, are looking to add a Dougie Hamilton replacement, but they could be looking to add on the blue line. And I like the Tim Gleason call. You know, maybe a guy who's not a heavyweight, but is a, a mobile defensive defenseman who can you know clog up the front of the net help you kill some penalties maybe tim gleason maybe tim gleason he is in the organization yeah probably not but that was his genres defense yeah um but i could like yeah i could i could see that i could see them adding a player like that no yeah i you know i uh I could think the Hurricanes uh, would be in the market for a defenseman as we approach the trade deadline, which is in late February. But uh, I think we should also note that the Hurricanes have not been historically a trade deadline team because prices at trade deadline are usually pretty astronomical. And the Hurricanes are way more analytical in their thinking than simply giving up assets yes. uh, whether that's draft picks or prospects for a player who you could use for potentially two months um, and, and things are just so random in playoffs I like, think they should move up the trade deadline because the trade deadline's coming and you get what 20 games with a guy maybe yeah yeah probably around 20 I think it should be right before the all-star break I mean uh, look the, or right after actually right after the all-star break because that's 30 games yeah, the the Hurricanes made their trade deadline acquisition. Oh yeah, and Justin it cost Williams. them nothing except Zero. for cash. Do I need to go back to the rant 
and revisit that with people. Yeah, I mean, do I think the Hurricanes are done? I, I don't think so. I think they would. They they're going to at least entertain the option oh, sure. of, of of adding a piece. And I think, especially now with Dougie Hamilton out, that becomes more of a maybe more of a priority. Justin Neal, though, with a a follow up question. Do you think that it is more likely that the Canes give Jake Bean, who's tied for second among AHL defensemen in points, an extended look at the NHL level or they make a trade for another top four D-man? That's an interesting question. I think if Jake Bean comes up, he's not in the top four. I think he's on the five, six pairing, but he's a power play player because you bring him up and you let him do what he does, which is work on the power play and he's a puck mover. Wouldn't be surprised if we see Jake Bean after the all-star break. Yeah, it's not going to be obviously before. Um, and the Hurricanes don't necessarily need to bring up a seventh defenseman nope. just to sit. Uh, I think it was more of a um, almost a necessity thing. Well, it was in this case with the Hurricanes, they could not send Hayden Flurry down to Charlotte without him being put on waivers, right. where somebody would have claimed him. Yeah, and and I thought I, I I mean I do think the Hurricanes coaching staff handled that rotation between between him and Trevor Van Riemsdyk pretty well through the first half of the season. I agree. Uh, and it's it's made him, um, you know, it, it put him in the situation to be successful, I think, uh, without Dougie Hamilton. Now you need both of them. Uh, and they're both not, you know, you don't have one that's coming in completely cold after not playing for a month. Like, they're both relatively fresh. And they have they were a pretty good pair in, in these last two games. Well, I liked them a lot last night. Yeah, so I, you know... Uh, I, the six they have are six capable, but I, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see a call up or a move within the next month. Well, it, it depends on how the team's playing. It depends on right. how the offense is going. There's so many things that you know we can't answer that with a definite. It's a great question, Justin. Yeah. It really is. And the checkers are rolling right now. Oh, what, They've hit gotten, their stride. Gotten what points in seventeen of the last twenty? Uh, that's impressive. They have been outstanding, and they're just crushing people. They had to beat the Marlies seven to three on Sunday. Take that, Toronto football score. How are you doing? Yeah, I wouldn't know about football scores. Football, what is that sport? It's been I, over to me for over a week now. It's been dead to me for months, <laughs> as well. It should have. <laughs> All right, we've got more questions here. And more answers. This one's from RB. Oh, R R. Do you see the NHL making a change to the playoff qualification system after this season? If so, what would you guys expect? Three or four conferences? What conference would you like to see the Canes in? Uh, RB? R. I don't think that you're going to see four different conferences. It's always going to be the East and the West, and it'll be two divisions. Uh, Unless you're referring to, like, they go to three divisions or four divisions in each conference. Yeah. Do I expect to change the playoff qualification system? No. No. Would I like to see one? Maybe. I, this is... This is an idea I really like. Eight divisions of four once Seattle gets into the league. Oh, I would sign on. So you still have uh, two conferences, East and West. So you'd have like a Pacific Northwest division with, when you say Seattle, that's why my mind goes right there. So Seattle, Seattle, Vancouver, Edmonton, Calgary. Yes. And then you would have like a, you know, Southern California. Yes. Which would be, or a California, San Jose, Los Angeles, Anaheim. Arizona, Vegas. Yeah, either one of those. Yeah, you'd have a central with like... uh, Winnipeg, uh, Minnesota. Yeah. Chicago, Detroit. Yeah, Keep them in in that time zone. Then you'd have a kind of a central, which would be whoever doesn't go to the west between Vegas and Arizona. And then you'd have Dallas with St. Louis. 
and Nashville. Well, see. Oh, you want Nashville to come here? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, I know you. We all do. Because we want to go to Nashville twice a year. Oh well, this would be. I I don't know how the schedule matrix would work, but I think it would be cool to have uh, Carolina, Nashville, Washington, and then add either Tampa or Florida. You can't split the Florida teams up. Yeah, you you should. You can't. All right. Well, what's another? Uh, but when team you talk about a change, when you talk about a change, like you're trying to alter divisions and everything, I don't want to oh, get. Yeah, this is radical. I don't want to get into that off of the cuff. You could have a whole Canadian division in the East: Ottawa, Toronto, Montreal. It's just three. And uh, are you including my hometown <laughs> as a Canadian city? Uh, you could throw Buffalo. I will there. throw Buffalo in there. Yeah, Buffalo would do that. They'd be fine with that. So, and then you could have, you know. Boston, New York, New York, New Jersey. Yep. I would I would rarely watch any of those games. <laughs> just so you know. Pittsburgh, Philly. Like there's just there's too many there's too many things to go to to divisions of four where too many teams would complain that they don't get to play. Like Boston and Montreal only playing each other like twice a year, people lose their minds over that. Yeah, you, you can't do that. Um but this So that's why you, we're getting into the weeds on this one. My idea is very radical. I'm this could be a good summertime if we're Yeah. You know thinking and can remember this i'm just going to answer this one do i expect changes eventually i do but i don't think it's going to change how the divisions are i don't think no. it's going to change how the conferences are well, because- what i think we'll go back to i think we'll go back to one through eight in the conferences get in I don't, I, and the owner of the Carolina Hurricanes, Tom Dundon, wants to add more teams. So I might actually see the nhl one day when somebody goes to gary bettman hey gary more money gary Hi. will be like yeah, and that's what he'll say. Thank you. No, he'll say hi. Hi. And then. Thank you. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I don't know if I see any changes being made because once Seattle gets into the league, you finally have balance between the conferences. Balance in the force. Yes, you have finally balance in the divisions. Uh, you have exactly 50% of your teams making the playoffs. Folks, it used to be the top four teams in each division went to the playoffs, and they play each other for the division winners to get through. Right. So, and I'm going in the old school. So you would have the Adams division and the Patrick division. They would play one through four, one through four. And it didn't matter who the fifth team was. So if the fifth team, if the Whalers had 96 points and were fifth in the Adams division and the Patrick division, which generally stunk for the most part, they had some good teams, but generally weren't that good. If the Patrick division had the third and fourth place teams at like 90 and 88, which happened, sorry, Whalers, you didn't get in. Yeah, that, and that's why I kind of like the wild card system. But that's why people are upset with the format right now. There's always going to be holes to poke in the format, though, always. Because if you say one through eight in the conference, well, if the Atlantic division is weaker than the Metro division, well, the Atlantic division... Well, they're going to have more points, right? Well, not necessarily. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's always people always want playoff changes. Here's with the uh, people always want playoff changes where it benefits their team to get into the playoffs. Yeah. And look, the Hurricanes are in a tough division, oh, and yes. it's tough to make the playoffs in the Metropolitan Division. But, but folks, in a couple of years, because it's cyclical, the Washington Capitals, the Pittsburgh Penguins, they're not staying on top forever. They're not. Yeah. And in about two or three years, when they am just forecasting here, but if those teams come back to the pack because of retirement or salary cap issues, guess who's poised to be those teams to take the number one or number two spot every year in the division? Yeah. Sitting right here at PNC Arena. 
Here's one from Svechnikros. Yes. Uh, this one's quick because we've already covered it. Do you think Rod Brindamore will have a scratch rotation or is Martin Oak his guy? Definitely a rotation. I would not be surprised to see Martin Oak back in the lineup on Tuesday. This one from Bailey Popson. Will Andre go to prom with me? Well, which Andre is she talking about? Uh, I would I would guess. Well, she spelled it like Svechnikov. It is, so. yes. Trust me, she is at the Canes Corner with Andre Svechnikov and Marty Natius. She sent that question a minimum of six times via Twitter. And I told her prom questions have to be submitted eight times before they get asked. Well, she's got a few more to go then. Did anybody answer that for us so we don't have to? If someone said that would probably be a no, but I mean, you could ask them. We, we're not asking for you. It wouldn't hurt to we're, ask. This is not love connection. We're not Chuck Woolery. Ben Huffman, with Dougie's injury, do you anticipate a trade for a D-man like Dumba or Martinez? And we kind of already covered yeah, this. Covered I, I think I think a trade becomes more of a priority with, with Dougie out, sure. Anything? You want me to go to the next one? Yeah, we got can. a couple here. Yep. Uh, Chris Miracle, why is the Metropolitan Division so miserable? <laughs> because you have great players. Because life is pain. <laughs> You have great players. You have really good coaches. Yeah. You have Kevin from the office running one of those teams. <laughs> but it's you, remarkable how much he looks like. Insane. Like, I mean, every time I see him, I'm like, wow. I mean, it's stunning. It's insane <laughs> how Todd Reardon, head coach of the Washington Capitals, looks like Kevin from the office. Google it. We're not making it up. Hi. Thank you. Oh. Thank you. Yep. Here's one from uh, All Bad Things podcast. <laughs> Which is, I read this question. Which hopefully not Kane's guest. Uh, what is the origin of the creepy zoom-in shot to you, which uh, I guess is to you, TV's Mike Maniscalco well, in the unless corner. Unless you're in the corner with me. Behind the glass. I'm game. not against that, by the way, Smitty. You join in the broadcast. Don't get me wrong. It's my favorite part of the broadcast. It makes me giggle with happiness every time. But is it meant to be as weird as it looks? They've always done it. Uh, so what, what, what happens? So when they come to me for any of the hits where they put me on camera and I'm in the corner, oh, there's yeah. not a camera. At, it's only at PNC Arena. Oh, a couple arenas it does it. But it's a faraway shot. It's kind of like a scene setter. Hey, we're going in. Here's Mike in the corner. That's what it is. But they've done that. It was like this before I got here. So it's just the shot that they use. Yeah. Uh, it's, by the way, I can't answer that for you, ABTP, <laughs> because... I, I don't control that, but I don't mind it. I go watch it. Actually, I'm shot with the Hubble telescope, and that's as close <laughs> as they can get. Yeah. How about that for an answer? That's a good one. Oh, good. Uh, Justin Neal. Nope. Nope. Already covered that Already one. Already covered that one. Jerry Winchester. It's Ooh. exciting to see how well Julian Gauthier is doing in Charlotte. Do the you goat. see him getting another chance this year with the Canes, or will it be similar to Martin Nichas, and we will see him on the roster next season? I think it's the way that this season is trending right now probably the Marty Natchez situation. Yeah, I mean, I would put them in the mix of folks who could be called up, but the Hurricanes have an extra forward right now. So, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if we'll get another look. Lindsay asks us, can you explain the committee decision for healthy scratches? Was Martinook the correct choice to sit last night? Well, they won the game, so. Yeah. If you, like, I, 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 I'm not trying to be snarky about it. There's enough of that in the world and on Twitter and on podcasts in general. And we're hashtag enjoy it 2020. That's it. Thank you. Yes. But if you win the game, it's the right call. Uh, I always go back to the Herb Brooks story. Herb Brooks, who coached the 1980 U.S. Olympic team to the gold medal that beat the Soviet, then Soviet Union. Herb Brooks was the 
he was going to the Olympics in 1960 with Team USA, and he got cut. And Team USA won the gold medal. Uh-huh. I think that was in Salt Lake City. But Team USA won the gold medal. And Herb Brooks was, like, going in the last day. Like, the day they were leaving, he got cut. And their coach put somebody else on there. And he's watching the U.S. win it. And Herb Brooks' dad goes, well, it looks like they made the right decision. <laughs> so, yeah. um, look, when we talked to Rod Brindamore today, and we kind of covered this a little bit, but we'll cover it a little bit more, It you could tell it pained Rod Brindamore that he had to have somebody sit and had to sit a good player and then had to sit Jordan Martinuk. Yeah, it's his alternate um, captain. But when you say explain the explain the rotation, I don't know. I don't know if we can because the coaching staff has got a, a difficult decision every night. You're going to take out somebody who deserves to play. That's just the way that this team is built right now. And uh, I think that they'll get it all figured out uh, when the rotation comes in. And again, there's 33 games left. There's going to be bumps. There's going to be bruises. There's going to be a night where you, you're just going to give a guy a, a night off, you know, a, a mental reset night. Let's go to a happy question. Will Bradshaw, what are your go-to Girl Scout cookie flavors? Oh, oh without a doubt, the Caramel Delights, formerly known as Samoas. Mm. Uh, thanks a lot are good. Are those the... I think they're disappearing after this year. Are the thanks a lots the one like a shortbread cookie with the chocolate on the back of them? I believe so. Yes. Yes, those are. Yeah, those are good as well. Um, the frozen pe- thin mints. You the, put the thin mint in the freezer and then enjoy the peanut butter ones. Good. I think there are a couple. They're both good. Yeah, they're they're two different peanut butter cookies, but no, the caramel delights. The Girl Scouts make a mean cookie. Caramel delights, hands down, not even a question for me. Thanks, here's, Will. Here's one from Jeff Stout, who I believe is the father of Nikki Stout. Oh, un burrito. Yes. I does that mean father? No, oh. no, Nikki Stout is the uh, our little one. Okay, yeah, I I follow now. Yes, thank you. <laughs> uh, hello, that would Jeff. be Padre. Yes, to Burakito. Yes, exactly. I was like, I took Spanish. I should remember this. Yeah, I, I took French. How do I know this? <laughs> um, when the situation, <laughs> when the situation arises during a game for the coaches to challenge a call, who gives them the heads up? to do so and how is that decision made so quickly it's a great question right. great two questions actually a couple of places it comes from one the coaching staff can see a play and they can talk to their video coaches right and they have monitors on the bench yes. that they can watch the replays on so sometimes a goal will happen and they'll immediately look down and see the replay of that and see something they might want to take a second look at exactly but then there's the uh, the video staff uh, behind the scenes. So Chris Hoffine and Trace Linton for the Hurricanes are taking a look at that uh, and, and feeding then the replays to the coaches to get their opinions yes. on it. They discuss it, and you're right. A decision has to be made pretty quickly. So the video coaches are watching the game on monitors in a separate room, but they have basically a system. And uh, it's very legal. Oh, yeah. Every team has it. It's Unlike like, you. Yeah. Houston. Oh, what are you doing? <laughs> Alex Cora. Yeah. Hey, how are you doing? There are no baseball bats and trash cans here. No. Although maybe to signal somebody, you might want to do that and say we want a challenge. But it's legal to do so. Exactly. So basically, there's a, a system set up, a, com- a communication system set up. Uh, you'll see one of the assistant coaches have an earpiece in, uh, and it goes to that room, and they're like, hey, we're going to want to challenge this. He was offsides. Or... That's goaltender interference. It'll it'd be worth our time to challenge this right now. We should make the call. So it's a two-way street. The coaching staff can see it and ask, should we challenge it? And the video coaches who are watching can see something and say, we need to challenge this. That play was offside. Or 
that, you know, something happened, you need to challenge this. So that's how the system works. Yeah. It's a, it takes teamwork uh, and quick decision-making and uh, the hurricanes have uh, some good people behind the scenes working on it. All right. This from Scott Quicksell has the goaltending dynamic shifted to Reimer as the one, a situation or is only a hot streak looking forward to this episode, but I'll have to miss this week as I haven't seen episode nine yet. Rise of Skywalker. Scott, first off, we're going to tell you when you can turn off the rest of this episode. Yeah. When we get into that review. Are we we are going to really be crushing. This is one of the longer editions of the yeah, Kings cast. Well, we're almost done with questions, so. Are we? Uh I I think so. All right, let's Got get to the goaltender. More. Let's go get to the goaltender dynamic. I think we okay. talked about it cuz we had the, you know, like it take it. Uh I think that it's still 1A, 1B, and the hot hand determines who's 1A for right now. 1A1, 1A2. <laughs> like, I mean, it's right now the Hurricanes are riding James Reimer because his numbers are good. And why wouldn't you? So that that that's where I think the Hurricanes are at this point. Big Sam, the Kaniac man. Hello, my friends. Big Sam. With Dougie out, what ignites the fire in the Canes D? Hope you are both well. We are. We are. Thanks for asking. Second, what ignites the fire? The competition. The fact that every night that... Jacob Slavin and Brad Pesci, Joel Edmondson, Jake Gardner, and now Trevor Van Riemsdyk and Hayden Fleury have to go out against the best in the world and prove that they're good enough to shut those guys down. Yep. And, and so I, the, the fire's already ignited in there. Yep. Cameron, the free Willy Fish. Where does last night's game rank on the scale of memorable games for you two? Well, that's up there. For regular season? Yeah, for regular season games against a divisional opponent, two points you needed, yeah. playoff-type atmosphere, Justin Williams back, storybook ending. That one was pretty good. Yeah. Sellout crowd. Yeah. There's there's not too many regular season games that I can put in front of that one. Holland asks... Oh, the country? Uh, the person, I okay. guess. I don't All know. Right. Which all-star skills challenge do you see Jacob well, Holland Slavin? isn't a country, right? Holland is an area. Mm. Let me look this up. We're going to get yelled at by the geography people. That's fine. That's why I'm saying you go. I'm looking. Which all-star skills challenge do you see Jacob Slavin participating in? Uh, well, we heard uh, what his preference might be. He doesn't want to do hardest shot because he doesn't think his, his shot is that hard. Um, I could see him doing well in accuracy shooting. No, I want to see him on that elevated platform. Yeah, that would be cool. Passing thing, like you said. Yeah. Kind of like top golf. Yeah, the top golf. That's I think what it's I want to see him do. Shooting stars, um, but yeah, it'd be pretty. I cool. think he'd be great with that because he's so good with that flutter puck that he can get out of the zone. Right, right. I, I, you know, let's let's mark that down because I'd like to see him do that. So Holland is the Netherlands. Okay. So this was one of those things where I'm going back to my high school where you know countries that we thought our countries are no longer countries. So I'm pretty sure that Holland is the Netherlands. So, while we could get away with calling it Holland, it's the Netherlands. Okay. The Dutch. The Dutch. Well, I guess this this is a person named okay. Holland, or right, yeah. at least on Twitter. That's fine. Good with me. He was a fair question. Glad he asked it. Do you have uh, any more Kane's cast questions from oh, our dear listeners? Oh, I do. This one's a tough one. This one's going to... I don't think it's going to make you upset. Oh, no. <laughs> Better Will Ferrell movie. Step oh. Step Brothers or Anchorman? I did see this. Uh, yep, Anchorman. Yeah, it's Anchorman. I mean... Step look, Brothers is, is outstanding. Really good. So many good one-liners. Excellent movie. Did we just become best friends? Yep. So much room for activities. I mean, we could we could go through the whole movie, but Anchorman's kind I, of the same way. I can't hear this is how we do it and not think of... <laughs> 
John C. Riley and Will Ferrell making bunk beds and yeah. then crashing through. Why did you let us do that? The Anchorman soundtrack is really good too. Yeah, a lot of good tunes from that uh from that flick. Oh. You're uh you're a child of the seventies, even though you're not. <laughs> yes. You truly are. I'm old. Uh Christina, any updates on how Dougie is doing? The, no. He is I assume he is, he's doing okay. I mean, out he had, definitely had surgery. Yeah, that's all we know. Successful surgery at that. Oh, this is a good question. When has anybody ever made a release of Michael oh. Smith underwent unsuccessful <laughs> surgery today? Uh, that would be a, a much somber uh, tone to that one. Ben Driscoll might sound crazy, but with Dougie out, here's my D-man lineup, what it should look like. Jacob Slavin with Jake Gardner, Brett Pesci with Trevor Van Riemsdyk, Joel Edmondson with Hayden Flurry. I mean, it might happen. Good. Right now, I think they have a good uh, good few pairs, though. So yeah, I think they're good. No reason to change it at this point. doesn't look like they're going to change it heading into Tuesday's game against Winnipeg Nay. for what that's worth. I would agree with everything that you just said. There's no reason to change any of that. Uh, Martha Easton. Oh, hello, Martha. Shout out to Martha for uh, finding the exact episode. Jones. Yo, she did, Where Alex she? Trebek said that. She says, uh, if any Canes casters were wondering... Jones is from season 31 episode 106 about 15 minutes in that is amazing that is excellent sleuthing martha thanks for listening and thanks for being uh a jeopardy fan i guess i mean we took i took it from the the supercut of of alex trebek saying Jones because there's there's many he says that many times in a in a short period of time of this video that uh someone on twitter constructed but Thanks for pointing that out. All right. Wesley Ferns. What do you guys think the chances of the Canes picking up Eric Stahl from the Wild this summer? I know he has a no-trade clause and has turned down other trades before, but maybe he'd be willing to make an exception and come home. Could use his presence up front. Well, Wesley, I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, probably not. I mean, could so I the see the chances, him? I'll never put anything at zero, but I'll put this one at slim. 2%. Like yeah. the milk. Oh, I'll put it at skim, like Ooh. the milk. <laughs> Which I think you. is even less. It is, it is much less. <laughs> less than 1%. Um, could I see him coming back at some point? Maybe. Maybe he signs a one-day contract. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, I don't, I don't see that happening. All right. Well, we have, uh, we have promised a movie review. There is one other question, and it's a food question. So this is where we say goodbye to Bill Berniston. This is Bill Berniston coming to you live from the Canes locker room. Billy, Thank we've you. given you. <laughs> Sorry. Thank you. Billy, we've given you 70 good minutes of hockey. Yeah. All right. So we have one more question to get into. Well, there was the one about the Girl Scout cookies. That Which was we answered. Food. Yeah, but that's a question. We didn't go out of our way. That's a snack. We didn't go out of our way to ask food questions. All right. Oh, Paul Herzich, where is the practice schedule posted? Online, carolinahurricanes.com. Yeah, hurricanes.com slash practice. Always. Always. It's always there. Uh, this from Permanent Vacation. A group of us are going to the Nashville game and would like your recommendations on things to do and where to eat. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner. We'll be there for only two nights. Full honesty, Michael Smith and I don't do breakfast. That's usually true. Yeah. We have eaten breakfast in Nashville, though. Yes, we have, but couldn't tell you where it was. Couldn't I? I could, but it wasn't necessarily breakfast hours when we ate it. 
<laughs> Just so you know. It was a diner. Sunshine Diner? I don't know. Sun Studios Diner. Okay, see, I was close. Yes. <laughs> there was a sun in there. That's where when people want to know what I do on the road, I keep people alive. Nourished. <laughs> That's my job. And you could make an argument that Biscuit Love was breakfasty. Oh, yeah. No, that's breakfast. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but Biscuit Love, all right, if you want to go for breakfast, Biscuit Love. Yes. Just be prepared to wait. Yes, you're going to wait. Or just go to the bar because uh, first come, first serve. Yeah, but they got a bunch of people. So if they're going to get a table, you're going to wait. So, But if you're going there at, if you get there at 9, you'll probably get seated by about 9.30. Yeah, I don't know if they take reservations no, or not. No, they don't. you got to okay. stand in line. Uh, so Biscuit Love for breakfast. God, there's so many good places to go to eat in yeah. Nashville. I mean, it's a, it's grown a lot, and the food scene has grown a lot, yes, too. Yes, it has. Uh, I always say for lunch, you go to Robert's Western World. Yeah. You get uh, you get in, great honky-tonk, great music, and they still have the uh, four, I think it's might be $4.50 now, the uh, working man special of a fried bologna, a bag of chips, and a can of... Uh, of not storm brew not storm brew but it PBR. should be yeah should be well it's nashville storm brew hasn't made itself out yeah, there that's true so you could do that but so they actually have good burgers there too yeah uh i mean if you, you can go, go to, to acme acme yeah. acme feed and seed yep that's a great place to go uh distillery is a great place to go for lunch or dinner and it's all right there on broadway right if you're right there i mean the thing is if you go to breakfast at biscuit love and then just hit broadway yeah. you'll find food you'll find drinks yes you'll find a good time we've done hattie b's for the hot chicken we have peg leg porker is great barbecue i know carolina has great barbecue but if you you want to go get a bit of, of tennessee barbecue peg leg porker is a place to go in addition to biscuit love there's some good spots in the gulch yes there are san anejo for mexican food. absolutely um uh what's that uh dolly no not dolly I don't know. Adele? Adele's. Adele's. You're saying, I, I knew what you were saying. <laughs> oh, Adele's, Adele's is a great spot. Lunch, probably more dinner. Yeah. So um, there's no, there's a lot of good spots. So. Yeah, the, the Gulch is a, is a cool area uh, to venture into. Oh, uh, if you have ever been to Armadillo Grill in Raleigh, the basically the original concept for armadillo grill is san antonio taco company and that's right on or right near the campus of yep. vanderbilt so kind of in that same area pancake house for breakfast but it's further away from broadway yep. that's towards that's towards vanderbilt so and things to do you can check out the parthenon they have a replica of the parthenon from greece in nashville and just just go honky tonking oh, just yeah. go start off you can start off at Roberts. You can go to Tootsie's, which we highly recommend. Yeah, favorite. Where I like Roberts more than Tootsie's. I like Tootsie's. Just a classic. I, I get it. Well, Roberts is a classic, too. Yeah. There's three levels of Tootsie's. I get what you're, right. you're going They're to. They're all classics. Uh, the new thing now is for country artists to open their own spots. And those are yeah. more hit or miss for me. Yeah, those are, those are starting to... A bit more commercial there. Pop up everywhere. Yeah. Then... Uh, I mean, there, and look, there's nothing wrong with that. There really isn't. So I'm just trying to think of, there's another bar, and I want to make sure I get the actual honky-tonk, as we say it, uh, or as they say. I just want to make sure I get that one right on Broadway. And if it's, you're going to the game uh, at Bridgestone Arena, the arena's right there on Broadway. So you can uh, have a beverage before the game, go right into the arena, and head straight back out onto Broadway. It's uh, 
one of the best setups in the National Hockey League, I'd have to say. Legends Corner. Yes. Go to Legends, yeah. go to Tootsies, go to Roberts. You're doing well. I mean, really, just bounce around to all of them. Yeah. That's the best part. You can, you know, check out one. If the music's good there, great. Have yep. a couple. If not, go next door. Yeah. There's another band there. Oh, Merchants for Lunch. Merchants is a definite for lunch. So, all right, let's do this. A, a day, you go get breakfast at Biscuit Love. Biscuit Love. Lunch at Merchants or Roberts. They're right across the street from each other. Merchants is a little more higher end and a little bit more southern as far as the food goes. Then dinner, you can go to Acme or you can go to, I'd go to Acme or Distillery. San Anejo, maybe. San Anejo, if you want some Mexican. Again, that's more in the Gulch. That's fine. Uh, Virago yeah. as well, if you want to go a little on the Asian side of things. Or Hattie B's. Yeah, or Hattie B's. If you want your hat, you want your hot chicken, there's that. And I think uh, fair and foul. There's plenty of options. So you, you're not going to go wrong. Yep. So just trying to think. In City House, if you want like a really nice restaurant. It's a good time. There it is. All right, we've covered all of that. Now is it time? Yeah. So Let's do it. If you haven't seen Rise of Skywalker yet, we'll talk to you next week. Thank you very much. Thank you for, for listening. listening. Yep. Thank you. But uh, let's get into our review of The Rise of Skywalker, the final film in the Skywalker saga. It's just Rise of Skywalker? Mm, yeah, I guess so. Rise yeah, of like Skywalker. The nerds go, episode four is an episode four. Star Wars is nuts. It's a new hope. Star Wars. Um, I loved it. I really liked it a lot. Yeah. I, I kind of, the more I think about it, the more I like it, I think. And I kind of wish I had gone back to see it. I mean, I guess I still could, but to kind of, because it moves at such a breakneck pace. Well, like once it starts for two and a half hours, it really doesn't let up. And that, you know, it could maybe use some room to breathe at times, but I think it would benefit from a second maybe even a third viewing Oh, sure. just because so much happens. There's a lot of story to take in when you first see it. And I think if you saw it a second or third time, it might certain things would sit a little better. If we're going to get technical on this, there's only two issues I have with the movie. Okay. I think we might agree on one of them. The, the kiss at the end. Yep. Didn't need it. Didn't need it. I think uh, just a, a longing gaze would yeah. have done it. Or just uh, just like a a nod I drew, of yeah no I I got you we're I, good I drew comparisons to Rogue One when uh, Cassian and um, I forget her name I just remember she was the Stardust yeah um, you have the all right well at the you know they I'll go use my through minutes. um. <laughs> You're still on minutes? No. Of course not, man. <laughs> you limited in texting. I'm limited in my texting right now. Uh, We're almost at the end of the month, so. Yeah, exactly. Oh, we got got some rollovers here. Jen, Jen Urso. Jen, I thought of it just as soon as you pulled it up. Jen Urso. Um, at the end uh, of that movie, spoiler alert if you haven't seen that. Oh, if you haven't seen that, this couple, is years now. It's been so. a couple of years. They're uh, you know going down that structure in the elevator, and they just sort of look at each other. Yep. And well, they're sitting on the beach as they know what's coming they've kind of just accepted that you know they've they've been through this together this struggle and that's kind of all i needed from from ben and ray yeah, and that's yeah and we didn't get that and that's who he's that's who we're talking about the kiss um ben skywalker who I'm, was kylo ren i'm totally here for ben's redemption arc too yeah i i thought he was one of the more interesting characters he was finally because i did not care all that much about him the first two mm-hmm. i'm like oh wow an emo darth vader yeah and then he was actually much better this 
I thought this it was, episode, yeah, Adam Driver's best performance, for without sure. a doubt. Uh, but yes, there's a moment there at the end which you don't need, where there's a reconciliation of this is how things happen. But they told a lot of story. Mm-hmm. It's a long movie, yeah. But they told a lot of story, and they wrapped up and tried to tie up as many loose ends as humanly possible. There's one plot hole you could drive a truck through, though. What's that? And that is how Ray came from no one. But no, that's not true. And, well, how did we not know in the three movies there was a son to the most evil thing in the galaxy? Yeah. How do we not know that? Well. And how did that just not ever get brought up or addressed? Yeah. I think that was probably, and I think one of the, one of my feelings about the overall trilogy is, um, you know, having not seen the the three movies all in order right now. Like, uh, you know, I've seen Force Awakens. I've seen Last Jedi. I've seen Rise of Skywalker. Well, you've already seen The Force Awakens if you've seen Star Wars. So, so it feels kind of disjointed, the three movies. Mm-hmm. But to be fair, the original trilogy is kind of disjointed too because it was never meant to be a trilogy. I, it was it was originally just the one movie. It wasn't known that there was going to be... No. Uh, according to Lucas, he knew he always had three movies in his head. But that one movie, if you were to take Star Wars as a movie alone it's a standalone that's a movie yeah it is it's a standalone these aren't standalones these were meant to be a trilogy i think the reason why it's felt disjointed was the second movie was not directed by the guy who directed the first one right it's going to be different yeah it's just the way that it goes and so i think uh you know part of part of yeah we 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 kind of felt like this movie was going to pack a lot of story into it and it did and it did it packed as much story as it could and a lot of it i liked a lot of it I, I really did like. I was okay. So I know you say, um, you know, that's a plot hole. of It is a plot hole because at some point in time they would have brought up, oh, well, the emperor has a son, right? Yeah. I, you could go back and, and point to certain comments that maybe now in retrospect seem to maybe hint at the fact that there's a Palpatine out there a descendant of Palpatine. But yes, you're correct. It never was specifically addressed. Yeah. Um, I didn't mind him coming back. I thought it was Oh, no, cool. I thought it was great. Ian and McDermott was great. At first, I thought, I'm like, why are you doing this? And I'm like, nope, glad you did. Yeah, We're good with this. We're um, good with this is where this storyline ends. I'm even okay with Ray being uh, his granddaughter. Which there is your big spoiler, folks. Yeah. Just like Luke, is, Luke is the son of Darth Vader. So that's where they kind of tied that up. Ray is the right that parallels. of, but it, but it also contrasts with Ben, who yes. was born into that light into the side good of the side. Family. And he went to, yeah, but then he still had, uh, I know, still had good in him. I'm, I'm just that was the one reconciliation. I'm like that was direct. Like that's a direct tie. This you didn't. You never gave me the direct tie. You never gave me yeah. any. Hint is why there was this direct tie. Why did he not, you know, follow in the footsteps of his, his son? father? No. Oh, Ben. Yeah. No, gotcha. no, no, no. Palpatine's oh, kid. Palpatine's who is son. the parent yeah, yeah. to Ray. Right. So that's why that's that's the only thing. But there had to there's gotta be a story there and it's just like, oh yeah, no. And then he went after them and wanted the kid. Yeah. Okay, fine. But if you suspend that, well, you it was kinda, really good. I feel like Force Awakens sets Ray up to be somebody important. And Last Jedi kind of disposes that well, like, a little yeah. bit. Last Jedi was trying to be like, no, everybody's special in their own way. Which, everybody can be a Jedi. Which people like to say that 
Rise of Skywalker dismisses that notion, but I don't I so. totally agree with that because Finn is force sensitive. And it, as far as I can tell, he's not a member of, oh. of any of these families. Yeah. There is a lot. If you go to Rogue One, there go back to that. There are a lot of people where the force is yeah. with them. But this episodic saga is about these two families. But you know what made it for me? And I'm, Han Solo. Super serious. Yep. Yeah. That's it. That was kind of like how they kept that secret. Oh, I know. I do not know. So I read a little bit about it. I, they used like uh, different crew. They like flew them in straight into a car, drove them right to the studio, like cloak and dagger to a hundred percent. Well, tip of the cap to you. They pulled it off. That was, was kind of like Yoda appearing in Last Jedi because yeah. that was kind of a surprise and it was great to see. And he was back to yeah. sort of his cantankerous self. Mm. Yeah. But Seeing Han unwise. and that scene oh. was written just beautifully. I, I I kind of sensed it was coming like right at that scene. Like you, you'll know it when you see it. For those of you who've seen it, you know what we're talking about after the battle on the old Death Star, little lightsaber action. That was, cool. that was it, which was great. Great yeah. that they went back to that. That's there, the there's a thing. lot of great things. Like Billy D. Williams was great in this oh. movie. A lot of the go backs. We're great. Like, oh, they're trying to make up. Yes, that's what this whole point of this movie was. Um, like I said, my only... And it doesn't drag down the movie for me that we never knew that the Emperor had a kid. It doesn't drag it down. I was like, well, this would have been known. This would have been addressed somewhere. It's just weird to think that he had a kid. Well, he had it before <laughs> he turned into the grape, okay. I would imagine. Yeah, we could go with that. Before that all wrinkly. Yeah. <laughs> just gonna go with that. Uh, that's my... Uh, that's gonna at least be my part of this. Yeah. So... But I'm like, they could have introduced that at some point. Never mind. I digress. I'm sitting there watching the movie with my, with, um, and, uh, as you saw the movie with your wife, um, so I got to throw the your in cause you yeah. can see it with, and I leaned over and I go, if Han Solo shows up, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. And there he was. And I did. Yeah. He, was that, that was like I thought he was great in Force Awakens. Oh, this was this was perfect. Oh, he was, he was on screen for maybe three minutes. Yeah, and stole the movie in three minutes. He was, I mean that that whole oh ends his character in the most perfect way ever. Yeah, and to think too that that was Leia, you know, using uh, her last act of of Force energy, really using her last life basically yeah. to, um to basically project herself as Han to, to Ben to save him, to bring him back to the light was, I mean, a perfect ending for her too. Oh yeah. And I love that she was a huge part of this story. You could definitely tell that they oh, had yeah. to work around her footage. Oh sure. It, you know, but, some scenes were better than others, but I, I love that they incorporated her and her, the way she exited the series, exited the saga was, was perfect. No, and I will echo Michael Smith sentiments. This this was a good movie. It's a good Star Wars movie. It really it's a, was. It's about two. It's about people fighting in space. Exactly. It's a war in space. Yeah, it's not like it, real. I, I'm not going to see a Star Wars film thinking that it's going to win an Oscar. Like that's just no, not exactly. what you. You 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 want to? I was entertained for two and a half hours. That's all I wanted out of it, and I loved it. Yeah, and, I was entertained all the way through. And I think you you can like. Last Jedi and also like Rise of Skywalker. Like I, it doesn't have to be a, a mutually exclusive thing. I think the movies connect in, in more ways than a lot of people are no. giving them credit for. It was good. It was a great way to wrap up the story of 
Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, the dark side, the light side of the Force, everything. It was a, just a good way to wrap it up. I and was I was so good with how that ended. I'm like, I, I have a lot of friends who aren't. I'm like, what did you want? Yeah. What more could you have wanted? Ray was born into this, the most evil family in this galaxy. Yep. And in the end, she chose to be a Skywalker. And that's that's awesome. Yeah. So there you go. Yeah. That's it. So our review? Two thumbs up. Absolutely. From both of us. So that's four thumbs up. Thank you. You're welcome. It's what we do. And that's how we will end this episode of Kane's Cast. Thank you all for tuning in. Thank you for sticking in this long. Thank you for yeah, the... hopefully uh, you have. Yeah, thank you for the ask of uh, where to go to dinner in or where to eat in Nashville. And thanks to our friends at R&D Brewing for these delicious, tasty, crispy, crispy. storm brews. Crispy. Crushable. Very crispy, very crushable. We'll talk to you next week. It'll be a, a special edition again because yep. with the buy and uh, the all-star... We will both not be in town. But we will have an episode of Kane's Cast for you, a special episode of Kane's Cast for you. Yep, so we'll talk to you then. Until then, for the web's Michael Smith and TV's Mike Maniscalco, we'll talk to you next week. Moy moy. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to this <laughs> podcast.